Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 9. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Chapter 9 is... A strange and interesting chapter because it deals with healing, death, and life, which is an important topic in the Bible, an important topic to every believer. From the moment you're born, the process of death begins. Are you listening? From the moment that you're born, the process of death begins, and a death date is signed and set the day that you come into the world. You are born, and death begins to carry itself step by step until you go out of existence physically. Someone called it Boxing Day, which is the day that you meet the pine box. In between your birth date and your death date, listen, healing occupies the body. And that's why we expend so much concern and so much energy while living on this earth, because we're seeking to slow down the death process and trying to keep it, this body alive and functioning and looking good as much as possible. And there are all kinds of ways to accomplish healing. And one of them is divine healing or supernatural healing. And that's when God acts upon the malfunctioning body and brings it to full health and proper working order. It's supernatural. We call this a miracle. Now listen, miracles and healing is no big deal if you happen to be God. Say amen. All it is, is injecting yourself. Listen, all it is from God's standpoint, we're talking about, y'all with me? All it is, is injecting yourself into human history and altering the natural course of human law to affect a certain result and then moving right back out. Let me say that again. If you are God, Enacting healing, it simply means that you're injecting yourself into human history and altering the natural course of human law to affect a certain result and then moving right back out. For example, when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, remember? Lazarus was alive, he lived a normal life, but then he died again later. God moved back out. This miracle happened. And then everything went back to normal. Now, if you are remotely familiar with the Bible, and I know that you are, you know that the Bible is a book of miracles. Saints, say amen. Because God, by definition, saints, say a better amen than that. God is a God of miracles. And God, by definition of who he is, is a God of miracles. If you believe in any kind of God at all, whether Buddha, Muhammad, Krishna, Christianity, or Judaism, you must believe that your God can perform miracles. Other than that, what 
use is he? Got a pen? Let me give you four aspects of divine healing from our text, and we're going to talk about these four aspects today, and I want you to write them down. First of all, we'll talk about the problem. The problem, we'll find that in verse 1, the problem. And then secondly, we'll talk about the purpose. We'll find that in verses 2 through 4, the problem, the purpose. Thirdly, we'll talk about the power in verses 6 through 9. And then lastly, we'll talk about the perplexity the perplexity in verses 10 through 12, the problem, the purpose, the power, and the perplexity. I've titled this sermon, Jesus Opens Blind Eyes. You're going to love this this afternoon. Look at John chapter 9, saints, beginning in verse 1. I need you to say a hearty amen. amen. Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man, underline that in your neighbor's Bible, Go ahead, just reach over and scribble in there. He saw a man, underline that, saw a man, who was blinded from what time? Birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, teacher, master, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered and said, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the, what saints? Light of the world. And when he had said these things, he spat on the ground and he made clay with his saliva and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with clay. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated, what? Sent. And so he went and washed and came back. I had that underlined in my Bible. Went, washed, came back, seeing. Therefore, the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, Is this not he who said it and begged? And some said, This is he. And others said, Nope, it's like him. And he said, It's me. Therefore, they said to him, How were your eyes opened? Instead of asking how, they should have asked who. Somebody say amen. Amen. Who? But they said how were your eyes opened? And he answered and he said, what did he say, saints? Y'all come on, read it with me. A man called Jesus made clay and opened my eyes. And he said to me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And so I went and I washed and I received my sight. And then they said to him, where is he? And the man said, what, saints? I do not know. Stop right there. Give me your attention. If you've been with us, you know that Jesus has been going toe to toe with the Jewish leaders. And Jesus has been making some fantastic claims about his deity. Remember that he is God. The Jewish leaders have become so hard hearted and so angry and infuriated. Look at verse 59 of chapter eight. It tells us that they took up stones to kill Jesus. The Bible tells us that Jesus hid himself and he went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. Now, as he passed out of the temple, he saw a man. Are y'all getting that? Remember chapter and verse is not, you know, um, inspired. Chapter and verse is in place for easy read for us. So chapter 8 and chapter 9 is just one contiguous writing. That's it. 
So as he passed by, he passed by the temple, he saw a man. And not just any man, but a man who was born, what? Blind. Who was probably at the temple begging. Now you would think from chapters 8, um, as Jesus had been claiming, uh, just maybe by a show of hands, how many of you have been with me since uh, chapter 7? Since chapter 7, raise your hand nice and high so I can see. Okay, then that's a good number of you. Then you know that all of chapter 7 and all of chapter 8, Jesus has been claiming to be God. And you would think by now that these Jewish leaders would have said, okay, we believe you are the Messiah of Israel, but they didn't. They were so locked on the horns of ignorance and unbelief, they refused to accept Jesus, even to the point of wanting to kill him. So John chapter 9 saying, stay with me here, Jesus has gotten to the point where he says, enough. Jesus backs off and he says, okay, that's it, I've had it, claim after claim, denial after denial, you're blind. You can't. And you won't understand what I'm saying. John chapter 9, listen, reminds me of Romans chapter 1. Because in Romans chapter 1, it tells us that God looked at mankind who was continuously refusing him. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 1, read it in your own time, not now. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 1 that God, it says over and over that God gave them up. God gave them up. God gave them up. Three times it says that. Anybody know God gave them up to what? Anybody know? A reprobate mind. John 9 seems to be saying God gave them up. And now Jesus moves away from the masses and the unbelieving, and he moves to gather a little flock of believers to prepare them for his death. Now look at verse 1 again. It tells us that Jesus passed by and he saw a man who was born blind. Now, this is the only time, listen, in the earthly ministry of Jesus that he heals someone of a congenital defect. This man was born blind. Think of the miracles that Jesus did. He healed a deaf and dumb man. Once he healed a person with a fever. Once he healed someone with palsy. Twice he healed a group of lepers. Three times he dealt with Raising the dead, Lazarus and the little girl and the woman, the woman's son of Nain, remember her? And five times, get this, Jesus healed people who were blind. Jesus had many methods of healing people. Keep up with me. You want some? Write them down. Matthew chapter 8, verse 3. Jesus touched a man with leprosy and he was cleansed. Matthew 9, 27 through 31. Jesus to two blind men. Jesus said to them, remember that? Jesus said, according to your faith, receive your sight. And then Jesus sternly, the Bible says, Jesus sternly warned them not to tell anybody. And what did they do? They went out and told everybody. Right? Mark chapter 7, verse 32 through 34. A deaf man with a speech impediment. And Jesus puts his fingers in the man's ear, spits on the ground, and then touches the man's tongue. Remember that story? That's yuck. I'm sorry. That's all I said, that yuck. And then he said, be open. And instantly the man could hear and speak plainly. Mark chapter 8. He spat in the eye of a man, remember? And the man received 
partial blindness. He could see men as trees. And then the Lord touched him and the Lord made him look again and restored his sight completely. Luke chapter 14, verse 2. We have the man with dropsy. You know what dropsy is? Dropsy is like elephantitis. The man is filled with fluid. His arms, his legs are all filled with fluid, his kidneys, his liver, his heart. And the Lord doesn't tell us how this man was healed. So here in John 9, Jesus uses dirt and spit to heal a man. The point is this, saints, listen. The point is the power is the same. The method is different. I believe that the method is different because Jesus doesn't want us to focus on the method, but on the message. Did you get that? He doesn't want us to focus on the method. He wants us to focus on the message. And that's why when you see the, you see people having these crusades and they're, and they're, they're, they're having, you know, healing and people bringing them through the line and they're, you know, waving their coat at them and be healed. And then they, then they fall out on the ground and then they take them away and somebody else comes by and they wave the coat again, be healed. And then you see them in another crusade and they're doing the same thing, waving the coat, be healed. And duh has to go with it. Otherwise it doesn't really take, I think. So you got to say duh. Maybe that's why I've never been in. Involved in the healing because I don't do duh. And uh, so uh, the Lord duh, uh, says, uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the method is not important, but the message, saints say amen. Now, in the United States, did you know this? I just found this out. In the United States, every 20 minutes, somebody, someone loses their sight. Americans were surveyed, and it was reported that of all the disabilities, Americans would rather lose a hand or a foot or healing or hearing than to lose their sight. That tells me that there's something that we don't like about darkness. Uh, I think that's true because, you know, during the hurricanes, when the lights and the power goes down and uh, I, I don't I don't like darkness and it, 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 and it never fails. You know, if you're alone in the house and the power goes out, all of a sudden you start hearing stuff. You ever notice that when it's like dark and the power, you start hearing stuff you usually don't hear, or you start hearing creaking and moaning, your house starts to moan. You ever see those people like the house starts to moan and they go, let's go upstairs and see what the moaning is. Let's go see what the moan is. Listen, if there's moaning upstairs, Pastor Rodney going outside, Okay. Say amen, saints. You know that's right. People are like, let's go find the moaning. If it's moaning, especially if it's a new house, something's in there. Y'all better get out. I'm just your pastor trying to help you. The Bible tells us that Jesus, look at this, saw a man. Now listen, he was a grown man. He had never seen anything. He had never seen his parents. He never seen his wife. Maybe he had children. The Bible says he was blind, not impotent. Amen. I don't know why in the first two services they did not get that, okay? Everybody else was like, all right, did y'all hear what I just said? I'm preaching up here. Y'all look at me like I'm crazy. He could have had children. We don't know. He's never seen the sun. Think about the gift of sight. 
We need to be thanking God for every little thing that he does. Think about the gift of sight. I mean, just to see the sun. This man couldn't see the sun. He could feel the warmth of the sun, but he never saw the sun. He never saw the rain. He, 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 he knew what the water felt like. He never, like we will say, oh, the rain is coming down in sheets. It's coming down like cats and dolls. It's coming down in sheets. Well, he would never say that because he, wouldn't feel, he might feel a lot of rain, but he wouldn't be able to see the rain coming down in sheets. He's never seen a flower, although he knew what one smelt like. He probably had a heightened sense of hearing. Jesus gives sight to the blind. Do you know, listen, you want to take notes? Write this down. This is the mission of the Messiah. This is the mission of the Messiah. The mission of the Messiah is that he came to give sight to the blind. Keep up with me. Isaiah 35, 5. We just sang it. The eyes of the blind shall be open and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Isaiah 29, 18. In that day, the deaf shall hear the words of the book and the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity and out of darkness. Isaiah 42, 7. To open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the prison, those who sit in darkness from the prison house. Jesus came to give sight to those who were blind. But listen, far more important than Jesus giving physical sight, Jesus also gives spiritual sight. Because men walk in darkness. I don't know if you've got it figured out or not, but we live in a world that is occupied with sightless souls. Don't we? We live in a world of people with black souls and black hearts. And when Jesus passes by each one of us, Because each one of us was a sightless soul at some time. And one day Jesus passed by you and stopped and saw you. And when Jesus sees a sightless soul, guess what he's got to do? He's got to throw it out. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become what? Uh, You got it. And then he has to turn on the light. When he sees a sightless soul, he has to turn on a light in your soul. And when he does, all of a sudden, truth becomes recognizable. Can I get a witness? All of a sudden, I'm waiting while you clap your hands there. All of a sudden, light is, is, is seen. All of a sudden, love is seen. All of a sudden, peace is held. All of a sudden, glory is expressed. All of a sudden, God becomes visible. God comes into focus. Christ becomes real when he sees a sightless soul and turns on the light. And I know what I'm talking about. I was just talking to a guy just out at the cafe a couple of weeks ago. Blew my mind. I will never forget this in my life. That I was preaching in 1 Samuel, if y'all been with me on Wednesday night, you know I'm going through 1 Samuel. I'm preaching through 1 Samuel chapter 15. 1 Samuel chapter 15 is where Samuel cuts up or hacks up Agag, okay? This is not one of those evangelistic sermons, okay? This is not one of them sermons that you preach for evangelism. Well, there was a guy, true story, there was a guy in the overflow room by himself, I'm preaching from 1 Samuel 15 about Agag getting hacked up and put into the go box and sent home. And this guy in the overflow room 
gives his life to Jesus. He said the Holy Spirit, he told me this after, the week after, the Holy Spirit came into the room and, 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 and filled that room and saved him. And, and Pastor Matt, just a week prior, had been witnessing to him and sharing with him, and he was antagonistic and argumentative, and his wife was sharing with him and trying to get him to see the, the glory of the gospel. But in that room, in 1 Samuel chapter 15, on a Wednesday night, that guy gave his life to Jesus, and he, I'm waiting while somebody claps your hands and get excited about that. And then at the cafe, he's telling me, Pastor Ronnie, he goes, I just, I just don't, Man, I couldn't believe it. Pastor Matt was trying to tell me, and I couldn't get it. And, and my wife was trying to tell me, and I couldn't get it. But all of a sudden, now I can see. And that's what I'm trying to tell you. When the light gets turned on, love is seen. And all of a sudden, peace is held, and glory is expressed. And all of a sudden, God becomes visible. God comes into focus. Christ becomes real. And here in our text, this blind beggar receives his physical sight. More importantly, later, he receives spiritual sight. Problem solved. Point number two, the purpose. In verse two through five, we just read it. Now, Jesus comes walking, maybe walking fast because they're throwing stones at him. And his time had not yet come. The Bible says he saw a man who was blind from birth. That word saw, you taking notes, means to gaze intently. Now, obviously, Jesus took a long look at this man because the disciples noticed that Jesus was looking at this man. The disciples said to Jesus, who sinned? So Jesus obviously looked at him long enough for the disciples to notice. And they look at Jesus and say, who sinned, this man or his parents? Now listen, in your margins, right, right next to verse 2, write Acts chapter 3. Write Acts chapter 3 because you can't read this and not think of Acts chapter 3. There in Acts chapter 3, these two guys, Peter and John, go to the temple to pray. And there's a lame man. Don't y'all know this story? And there's a lame man sitting at the gate. Anybody know the name of the gate? Gate called Beautiful. You know it. And this man is sitting at the gate called Beautiful, who was born with a congenital birth defect. He was lame all of his life, 40 years. And he'd never been on a date. He couldn't get a job. He couldn't get SSI. Didn't have a wheelchair. All he could do was beg for a living. This one day, this man is sitting at the gate called Beautiful. And he's at the temple, as beggars would do, he's... Saying alms for the needy, alms to the poor, alms to the needy, alms to the poor. He's begging and he's looking around and he's begging alms to the needy. People coming out of the temple. And if you want to be a beggar, the temple is a good place to go and sit and beg because people are coming out and feeling charitable and wanting to give back. You know what I mean? So he's alms to the needy, alms to the poor, alms to the needy. And Peter looks at him, gazed. Bible says Peter gazed, saw looked upon that man, and he told, Peter told him, look at me. Probably because the man was looking all over the place saying, arms to the needy, arms to the poor. And Peter wants to get this man's full attention, so this man is looking at Peter and thinking he's going to get some money. And Peter said, silver and gold have I none. That's what I tell my kids when they come ask me for some money. I tell them, silver and gold has I, have I none. Parents, you need to write that down. 
silver and gold have I none, Peter said, but what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ. Where are my saints at? In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And that man got up, his limbs began to receive strength, and he went walking and leaping and what? Praising God. True story, Thomas Aquinas once called on Pope Innocent IV while he was counting a large sum of money in the coffers of the Vatican. And the Pope said, you see, Thomas, the church can no longer say silver and gold have I none. And Thomas Aquinas said in a calm voice, and neither can she say in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. You see, you've got the wealth, but you lost the power. Huh? Y'all listening to me? The church, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. The church today, we got the wealth, but we lost the power. And the reason we've lost the power is because we are no longer, we are not looking at a church that is dependent upon the Holy Spirit to get the job done. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.